When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Full of frustration. Full of despair. From years of hurt, disappointment, and relegation. Two British football fans have had enough. Canary Bird Elliot Holman and Wanderer Henry Hewitt are in search of glory, pride, passion, in search of silverware. And they found Major League Soccer. Anyone know how Atlanta got on this weekend? This is the MLS UK show. Yes, welcome along to episode two. Thank you for joining us. My name's Elliot Holman. And I'm Henry Hewitt. Here's what's coming up. I won't at all be referencing how terrible Atlanta were. Just kidding. Conveniently, we're going to take a look at some of the opening weekend results. And our special guest is an Atlanta fan. Blanco and Kamara saved my fantasy week, but who's ended up on top of our league? We'll be checking out how our teams are doing after week one. We need to talk about VAR as well. Some interesting decisions. And we'll be looking ahead to this weekend's fixtures as we welcome back Colorado, New York Red Bulls and Chicago to MLS. The MLS UK Show. Henry. How did you enjoy the opening weekend of Major League Soccer? Do you know the thing we've been counting down to since pretty much like the end of December? Yeah, I had a great time. I went to Paris with my girlfriend, so uh, it was nice. We went to Disneyland. Um, I, I, I don't want to talk about anything that happened this weekend uh, in MLS, but yeah, I had a great weekend. How's Mickey? He's fine, yeah. Goofy was on form as well. Donald. <laughs> oh, me and Donald, uh, we go way back. So did you watch any soccer whatsoever. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, LAFC, what a start for Can that. Can you just stop now? You didn't see any of it. I want to start talking about Toronto. We need to start with Toronto. They they kicked off the brand new season against Columbus. And I think we both kind of said that Toronto were going to be a force this season. Hmm. I had this down as a draw. I thought Toronto might kind of start slowly. I didn't expect them to lose 2-0. No, well, I, d- I did actually catch this game because our flight was on Sunday morning. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, like, well, I, we both said on the podcast last week, uh, maybe a bit of a slow start, maybe Toronto uh, are looking towards the Champions League. Um, and, yeah, 2-0, none of us expected that. The first thing that, that stood out to me was how much of a threat Ramirez was for Columbus, like, straight from kickoff. Yeah. He looked lively, wanted the ball. Um, Higuain was looking for him every time. He's got the pace to just drive into space. Um, he came really close to, to scoring on, on 11 minutes as well. And I I watched that game thinking, nah, Toronto, Toronto will get at it in a minute. They'll, they'll, they'll start playing in a minute. And it, it just didn't really happen. No, I think um, Columbus obviously scored two against Toronto. You've had a good, a good day up front. But for me, the the, the defence and the midfield really could... The players Toronto have got, man. I mean, it's, it wasn't their first game of the season. They've been playing Champions League football. So they were up. They were ready for it. And, you know, the, the, the Columbus 
defensive midfield really contained him. Giovinco, for me, wasn't really at, at it on the first game. He will get better, of course he will. But these, they stifled him, he stifled uh, Altidor as well. It was a really impressive performance. So, you know, credit to Columbus. Mm, I, I had Sasha question in the first draft of my MLS fantasy team, as I as I explained in the first episode. Um, he's obviously suspended, so I swapped him out for, for Higuain. What a decision that's turned out to be. Um, Valenzuela with a ball into the box. Higuain, nice first-time volley, so powerful. Yeah. Like Bono's, Bono's not keeping that out. Um, it snuck in. And I thought Toronto were then going to be like, right, come on. I thought that was going to wake them up and, and it was just going to be Toronto on the attack, especially at home. Um, it didn't happen. Ne- the second goal, Pedro Santos, take a bow. Yeah. That is vision. Yeah, yeah. What an unbelievable ball. Picks up the ball halfway um, halfway down the pitch. Nobody's chasing him down. Toronto players just sort of jogging back. He just drives and drives forward. Um, and actually, if you freeze it, just as he's about to play the pass, in fairness to Toronto, their whole back line is, is perfectly formed on the edge of the box. They're there, they're in a line, they're ready to catch the offside. Um, but that ball... It doesn't matter who's in defence. That ball was so incredible. Zardes sneaks around the back. Um, the pass is superb. It splits the defence. And it's a decent finish as well. From a guy, Zardes, who last season, LA Galaxy fans were were cursing because he was not doing the job. That's a really, really good start for him. And what did I say last week? Change of scenery. Yeah. Well, this is what we, we both said. Um, that Galaxy team last year was, I don't want to say poison, but... Come on. I mean, there was a lot of pressure on them. And funnily enough, LA Galaxy at the weekend did play like we had all the pressure mm. taken off them. Uh, Zardes the same. So it's a new start for them. It's a new start for Zardes. What a start it is. And you know what? Columbus, we we were sort of saying last week, we don't really know how Columbus are going to do. We could either do uh, with the whole save the crew thing. They could either start really well or it could really uh, damage them. Be it a could, distraction. Yeah, be a distraction. You know, they've got the win. They've got Montreal, you know, next at home. They potentially could get two wins out of two. Mm. Um, Toronto did have their chances. Giovinco hit the post. It was one of his famous curling efforts from the from the outside of the box. Um, bit of a goal mass scramble after that, but that that was about it. Uh, Ketchy struck the bar from like a really, really long way out. It was an unbelievable strike. If you see it from behind the goal, dipping, swerving, it's going everywhere. Keeper had no chance, but, but it struck the bar. Um... That was it. They didn't. They didn't get out of. They didn't dominate. They didn't deserve to get anything out of the game. It's. It's a good, really, really good, strong, deserved win for for Columbus. Yeah. Well, Toronto uh, proved this week. They, you know, they, they won in the Champions League. A really impressive win for them at, at home. So it's not as if Toronto have been having a, a bad start. They've, they've played well. It's just Columbus. It says a lot more about how Columbus did. The fact that. They managed to to get away with a two 0 win. It was such an impressive performance. Um, one one final thing on on that game on Columbus defender Abubakar, right? He made the team of the week um, last season. Couldn't even get in the squad. No. Couldn't even get on the on the field. Now I think they'd be lost without him. Brilliant performance, and also shout out to the guy who presumably on Photoshop had to cut round his picture, his hair. His hair is something else. That is. You know what? I we I saw glimpses of him last season, and I was like, "Wow, this guy!" I mean, if Columbus weren't doing so well, I'd be like, "Just put him in, just just play him." It'll be you know, it'll be a load of fun just to watch him every week. We're gonna actually watch him this week, uh, every week this season, by the looks of it, because he started so well. And uh, I want, I do. It does puzzle me when he goes to the hairdressers. What do you ask for? What is that? What's it called? Um, just a, a general mess on the top of my head, please. Yeah. <laughs> I might try it. Hi. Um yeah. Um, what are we doing today, sir? Uh well, um I think just a general sort of general mess really. Bit of bit of matted hair over this side and a little bit longer hanging down this side and then just sort of afro in the middle. Um just a bit of that really. Ah, the abubica. Yes. Right, okay. Ah, yes. Sit down. Sit right down. Certainly, sir. Just this way. Um let's talk about Seattle and LAFC. This was such a brilliant game. Um it reminded me of Atlanta last year. And I'm being serious because nobody knew what to expect. You remember the first Atlanta game. I remember sitting there watching it last season and we were like, wow, okay. Like, didn't expect this at all. Haven't heard of any of these players and they are tearing it up. Um, 
LAFC were, were positive. They looked to go forward. Not quite as gung-ho as Atlanta are sometimes. Um, they looked a little bit stronger at the back. Um, but they kept it tight. They knew when to go forward. And that that is such a brilliant, impressive opening result. Away at Seattle to get a 1-0 win. Fair play. Yeah, and it's similar to Toronto. You know, Seattle in the week won their Champions League game. They were in a strong position to go through to the semi-finals. It's not as if these teams are, are not playing well. It's not as if they've not got any form. LAFC have gone to Seattle, strong performance. I mean, Rossi's goal was fantastic. Mm. As the commentator said, you always remember your first, <laughs> which, you know, I was I watched the highlights from my girlfriend and she was like, um, does he just said that? Like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, strong. And I mean, we're going to be talking later on when we discuss VAR. Mm. Should they have had a second? Should they have had a penalty at LAFC? So a really good performance from there. I'm, I'm delighted because, you know, you, you see the, the fans and you see... Just the whole setup. It seems like a community they've built in LA, and uh, you know, fair play to a strong performance. But now they've got five, uh, what four other away games to play yeah. before the home game, including the LA derby. So a great start because it's going to be very difficult. Uh, but you know, fair play to them. Great result. And Latif Blessing, who's obviously you know made his move in the off season. I think he's a real talent. He's such a handful. He's he's one of those players that you love on your team, but other than that, he's just causing you nightmares for you know when you're up against him. He hit the post inside the first minute. What a dream start that would have been. Yeah, it seemed like LAFC just straight out the traps. You know they weren't just going to sit back and relax. You know even the first minute, Seattle must have been st- stood there like, whoa, what is going on? Yeah. We were meant to win this like four nil. What's happening? So. Uh, you know what, if LAFC, it's going to be interesting in the next few weeks. These first five games are really, it's not going to decide the season because as we all know in MLS, they're going to end up with about 10 home games in a yeah. row at the end of the season. But if they can come through these five away games in a strong position, then you never know what they can do. They Maybe they can emulate Atlanta and get in the playoffs. Just a word on Carlos Vela as well. So much pressure on him. The first signing, the big marquee name, mm. um, you know, the the equivalent of of Kaka at Orlando. We've got a team of one player. Like that's all. That's all they had, and so much expectation on him. Amazing, amazing reverse pass, cut through the defense to set up the goal. Um, brilliant finish from Rossi, as you said. But I was glad that that, that Vela got that, and he's he's showed early on what he can do and what he can be capable of. And he he won that game for them. He did the simple things well. He wanted the ball. He always wanted the ball. He was looking for it. And, and nine times out of ten, he managed to do something with it. Well, of course, he must have learned that in training uh, with James Carlton this week. So, uh, yes, this must be, must be what he's picked up from uh, from our James from over here in the UK. Yeah, we'll, we'll take any UK reference we can. Um, we, we will discuss VAR in that game a, a little later on um, before we get on to Atlanta which I'm sure you're really excited for I've, well when I mentioned the few of the results at the start of the podcast I uh, I may have glazed over Atlanta I don't, I don't did Atlanta play this weekend I don't remember they did I'll tell you all about it in just a bit yeah. um, first of all quick word on Orlando really really interesting op- home opener for Orlando really were put under pressure early on they looked really really shaky um, DC were kind of pressing really high, forcing them into mistakes. And within the first couple of minutes, I was thinking, this is not going well. This is really not going well. Uh, went a man down, thanks to VAR. We'll talk all about that. Conceded a penalty, thanks to VAR. We'll talk all about that in a bit. Um, but the goal was just one of those bizarre free kicks that just seems to float over everybody and somehow creep in. Um, Yamil Asad, ex-Atlanta, one of your boys, um, just... Just put the ball in the box. And actually, Bendit can't do anything. He can't come out for it because there's no room. Everyone's just there. And it's found its way in. And it was also, I, I felt, I did feel bad for Darren Maddox because he's missed the penalty. It's a brilliant save from Joe Bendick. And he had a really, really, really good good performance for, for DC, Darren Maddox. I look, at, I look at him and I think, why has he left Portland? I don't get it. I don't understand why you would prioritise keeping... Addy over a real young talent like Darren Maddox. I get that. However, Maddox, you've just said it there, he missed the penalty, he was through on goal and it didn't go in. You know, he had the chances, he didn't score and I like him, he's a good player, but, you know, you've got to be... The penalty or the chance for his through on goal, you've got to convert one of them. If you're Jason Kreiss, Orlando coach, you're thinking, 
10 men for over half the game. They they went down to 10 men about five minutes before half time. They dominated that second half. To, like the, the, the All of the stats are so, so impressive for a 10-man side. Um, playing against a good DC United, a good team this year. Like they've they've got a great team on paper, um, and obviously Orlando managed to get the late goal. But for Jason Christ, it'll be so much more than that. It'll be not conceding anymore. It'll be the way that they took control of the game, the way they were patient. And you look at the players they've still got to come back. Sasha Kleschen, we all know, is a huge talent. Um, Josue Coleman is apparently the new Kaka, if we're if we're led to believe the truth. Um, they had no Sane at centre-back as well. Dom Dwyer up top was injured. You've got to be pretty happy if you're Jason Christ, knowing what you've got to come. Yeah, and you look at the game on, on Saturday, I think for, for me looking in from the outside, the most impressive thing is Orlando had this habit last season of just getting late goals and just saving points right at the end. They've continued it this season. First game, snatched it in the last minute. And that is a good habit to have. But, I mean, if you're still in the game, in the in stoppage time, the other teams are aware of what Orlando have been doing and it makes you shaky. We saw it in the UK with Manchester United for so many years. So, Fergie time. Fergie time, yeah. So if they can have Christ time, <laughs> then maybe, uh, you know, if, but it's good to see that they've continued that. Final game I want to highlight from the weekend. Houston Dynamo oh. versus... Who was it again? Sorry. Uh, oh yeah, Atlanta United. Yeah. Sorry, Henry. Who do you support again? Atlanta. Yeah. By the way, disclaimer, because I know this will this will get played back this time next week when Orlando have lost five nil. I I am only enjoying it because I know it's not going to last long. Yeah. I'm just going to put that on record now. Well, it's it, not going to last long. No. So I'm just going to bask in the glory right now. What happened? Uh, you know, I just. I said on the podcast last week, I didn't think Atlanta would win. I think they'd start slow. I said 3-1, and I thought that was optimistic. 4-0. It just, it, nothing clicked. Nothing clicked at all. And the thing is, if you lose 4-0, and there's four goals that go in from 25 yards, you can accept that. You can say, you know what? Fair enough. They've scored four brilliant goals, and we've not been at the races. Every chance Houston had was just Atlanta giving them the ball in the first half. Every chance. And then Atlanta do have a chance. And the one person you think, Miggy, yes, we're back in the game. Oh, he's put it wide. Yep. And, oh. a, and a missed penalty as well. Um, at this point, I'd like to like to invite a guest onto the show. After the game, I did tweet saying, is there any Atlanta fans that would like to come on? And just, you know, I was thinking about you, mate. I didn't want you to go through this alone. Um, I didn't want us to dissect the game with me just bullying you, because you know that wouldn't be that wouldn't be. Oh yeah, it would be fun, wouldn't it? Um, I, I I wanted to invite Jonathan onto the show right now, so that you guys can just support each other in this in this time of need. Is that okay? Yeah, I, I need someone else. I need some help here. <laughs> uh, Jonathan, welcome to MLS UK show. How are you? Oh, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm I'm good. I uh, I really enjoyed the weekend. Um, don't know about you and Henry. Oh. oh, the weekend was absolutely abysmal. Uh, right, well, Jonathan, um, now we've discovered that I was actually away for the weekend, so I must admit I only caught bits of the match. What are, You're going to have to tell me, what on earth happened? Well, to be honest, I thought, when I first when I first see the lineup, the lineup, I thought I didn't have a clue what uh, the manager was doing, to be honest. He moved, he moved Julian Gressel from the right right side of midfield into the midfield three. He had Parkhurst on the bench when he should have started him instead of Lorentowitz because Lorentowitz is our like, defensive midfielder, holding midfielder player. And instead of playing him in defensive field, he moved Chris McCann, who all of last year was play- played primarily at left back. So from the initial starting lineup, I was a bit wary because two weeks ago, I actually had the... I actually went to watch um, Atlanta United play Charleston Battery in the Cup in Charleston. And we actually lost 3-0 to the Columbus crew. And from then on, I've been a bit, not I won't say pessimistic, but a bit on the weary side of our chances this year. From the outside looking in, Jonathan, I, I, I'm i wary that 
Atlanta had a very good season last year and all of a sudden because of the result on Saturday a lot of people have come out and had a bit of a laugh and had a bit of a uh, a jab at Atlanta and all of a sudden everyone's enjoying them not not quite doing so well first of all like you know fair play to for the to the team for having such a strong first season i think it's starting to show how well they did because everyone's coming out in, you know, enjoying it a little bit that they uh, they got a bit of a school in on Saturday. Um, that shows just how well they did last year. Were Houston after that just very very good, or were Atlanta poor? Because I'm wary that that we can hammer Atlanta but not give Houston enough credit. I think I think Houston I think Houston deserve all the credit they got. They turned up, they they did their job, and they they knew how they knew what our weaknesses were. I think we were very we were very very slow at the back. Houston were very potent in their in their counter attack, and to be honest, the second goal that come from the corner, Philippe Senderos, he had a yard advantage even just to header it in. That just shows that that they are on their game and we wasn't. And it's just, it's just, it's just really disappointing because after last year's fantastic season, to then come away losing in the playoffs last year, and then having the start that we've had this week. And also, even in pre-season, we didn't even look like we were up to it. And to be honest, I think I think what it, I think the main thing is last year, because it was our first season, we we're like an unknown entity. Teams teams didn't really know how to play against us because they've never seen us play. I think this year we're going to find it a little bit harder because obviously the opposition are going to watch video tapes and TFA last year and then just be able to just be able to deal with us a lot better. We just need to like adapt our game plan a bit more because last year we were very very good on the counter attack and I think this year we're going to probably have to be a bit more a bit more tactical and mix it up depending on what teams we play against in terms of going forward I mean a lot of people are obviously panicking and having a bit of a laugh or oh, Atlanta are not going to do anything this year I think if you look at the score and you don't look at the performance you'd think oh well it's MLS anything can happen anyone can beat anyone we all have off days, you know, it happened to Orlando last season more often than not. Um, you know, I, a 4-0 loss is is a lot more common in, in MLS than, than here in the UK. But I think having seen the game and having seen the defending, do you think it's fair to say there's actually a bit of a genuine concern there going, going forward into the rest of the season? I think, I'd say there's a little bit of a concern, but I think it might just be a slight blip because we did so well last year. It's just like maybe the players are just thinking, oh, we did so well last year, we'll take our foot off the gas a little bit. Because that's very common in football, even in, in, even in the British Premier League. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too concerned this, this early stage because, like you said, the MLS is... Anyone can beat anyone in the MLS. It's, it's such, such attractive football now. So it's like you said with Orlando City, they could like lose 4-0 one week, next week win 6-0. So it's just... A, I, I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's a huge concern for me right now. But maybe like five or six games in, if we still have, if we still haven't really won a game, then it'll be a very very big concern. Yeah, uh, Jonathan, thanks for joining us. Hopefully, we'll catch up with you later on in the season. Uh, and good you're, right. you're welcome. Thank good, you for this. Thank you. Good luck to the five stripes at the weekend. Oh, we're going to need it. Thank you very much. <laughs> MLS UK show with Elliot Holman and Henry Hewitt. Okay, I didn't expect this to come quite so soon in the season. I knew that at some point we, we'd talk about this, and it is a big issue. First week, VAR. Oh, don't get me started. My issue with VAR, and sorry, you've got me going here now. My issue with VAR is I don't see how you can have it when it's just someone's opinion. If you look at the, the goal decision system or goal line technology, as it should be called. <laughs> anyway, that is a definitive, it's a goal or it's not. That's yes or no. That No one can argue with it. The ball's over the line, it's a goal. What I don't like, and I know VAR... It's it, they've given some decisions where the referee's got it wrong and it's it's someone's fouled someone from behind and it's a red card or whatever. But it's still someone's opinion. It's still somebody sat in a room in the warm, having a cup of coffee, chilling out, and it's just someone's opinion. And they already pay someone to have their opinion, and he's on the pitch. What's the point in having this when the referee's right, right anyway? Stop! 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 Take a breath. Right. Are you okay? It's just really annoying. Yeah, listen though, have you you know how angry you are now? Yeah. Have you never felt that angry because you you've been to a game and you know you've been screwed over by a poor decision that the referee's either missed or got 
completely wrong. A wrong sending off, a missed penalty, a disallowed goal. Have you never been this angry about a decision and thought, I wish he'd just look at it again? I have, but then I realised that, well, later on in the season, if it uh, if on Saturday Atlanta have uh, is a handball in the box and it should have been a penalty and Atlanta, it goes against Atlanta, I know that later on in the season at some point Atlanta will get a decision that shouldn't have been. Right, listen to me. I kind of agree with you, okay? But just just hear me out because I feel like I can be the, the middleman here. So, I I am 100% in support of VAR. Because I've been to games where, and I'm talking like important games as well, where big things have gone against um, my side, Norwich, for example. We're we're talking like in the playoffs to go into the English Premier League, the biggest league in the world, and terrible decisions are being made. You get so frustrated because you just think, look, just watch it. Just take a second to just watch what you've just done. It's so wrong. So I think it's so positive that it's been brought in. Now... My only concern is not the technology, but the people who are using it. The technology is available. Like you say, and I do agree with you, you don't have to keep using it. You don't have to use it for every single decision. It slows the game down. It takes the passion out of the game. Like It kills the atmosphere. And I do agree with that. But let's take Orlando, for example, on Saturday. Like you said, they conceded a penalty for... A handball, which, like, Will Johnson is sprinting. He's actually sprinting in the penalty area towards the ball. When the ball's kicked, he's about five or six yards away, and it's hit at him so fast, he would never, ever be able to move away or whatever. His hands are down by his side, which is not handball, as we know. You you would agree with that. Yeah. And the ball actually, in the replay which is the same footage, by the way. If, if you watch it on TV, you see the same footage as the referee does. So any replay that's shown on TV is what the referee has just seen. It hits his knee, then flicks up, hits his hand, which is still by his side, and the referee's watched that and gone, yeah, penalty. That's what I don't understand. I don't have an issue with the technology being there, but let's at least then make the correct decision. Nobody... Even DC United fans on Twitter was looking at that thinking, oh, that's a penalty. Nobody thinks it was. And he's seen exactly the same thing as everybody else. That's what I don't understand. Let's have the technology. Let's use it when it's appropriate. But let's make the correct decision. Let's understand the rules. What, we don't need... Yeah, I don't think we need it. Do you know what's really going to wind you up? What? And by the way, I, I did get a little bit heated there in my argument as well. It, it is frustrating. Um, I feel like we kind of do agree with each other here, but this will really wind you up, and I can't wait to just watch you go here. Go on. So, in the official MLS rules, when the referee is instructed via his earpiece that he needs, you know, he needs to go and look at the screen, take a look at a decision, he has to go over to the screen, to the area of the pitch where the nearest screen is. He has to. Once he's been told to, he has to go over there. He could actually, once he's there... Bend down, do his shoelaces up, pull his socks up, fiddle around in his pockets, write a short novel in his notebook, not look at the screen and go away again because he doesn't have to actually watch the screen. He's got someone in his ear telling him the decision. He's just watching it to back up the decision. It's ridiculous. It really is ridiculous. I mean, that is stupid. Like, what an easy job. You you get to keep fit by running about a football pitch for, for 90 minutes. And you can say whatever you want, you can make whatever decision you want, but if Mr. VAR doesn't agree, then he's going to tell you to go over to a box, stand there, look pretty, just look at the screen, and we're going to tell you anyway what this decision is. It's Goal line technology is brilliant, and it's been fantastic for the game. This stuff is not... I don't agree with it. In, in its support, because, you know, we have to be fair, Yeah. Uh, PC was sent off for Orlando for uh, for an elbow. I I agree with it. I, I, I didn't argue with it. Even in real time when I saw it, I was amazed that he wasn't sent off. Um, so there's one that, that, that they've got right. But the same referee has stood in front of that screen and watched a apparent handball in the penalty box, the same that we have. And it's just made. It's just the wrong decision. And I'm like like you say, if Bendik doesn't save that penalty, an amazing save, by the way, 
incredible save and brilliant from Jonathan Spector to clear it with his head as well. Um, Orlando lose the game and unfairly, and that shouldn't be happening if we have this system. If this system is working, then that shouldn't happen. You shouldn't lose a game via a wrong decision. My next concern is when you watch Seattle versus LAFC. Mm. This was so poor. And Vela's going down the wing. He's, he's, he's cutting into the box. He gets hacked down. I mean, even in real time, it's a, penal- it's a penalty or a free kick. The only reason you'd go to VAR for that is to see whether it was in the box. Yeah. It was a clear foul. There was a decision to be made, is, is, the, is the point. Yeah. So but- he, he cuts inside. There's contact. The defender doesn't win the ball. So at that point, it's either a goal kick, a free kick, or a penalty because it was literally on the line of, of the box and in real time, impossible to see. So you go to VAR and you have a look at it. They did nothing. No call was made whatsoever. The, the technology's there. I think we should use it, but let's just be smarter about it. Let's just get rid of it. That's smart. <laughs> Elliot Holman, Henry Hewitt. MLS UK show. Okay, so if you caught the first episode of MLS UK show last week, you will have heard Poppy. Now, Poppy works on a big, big, big TV soap opera over here in the UK called Coronation Street. Uh, She's a makeup artist, so she's basically the only person we know who knows anything remotely about fashion. And she just so happens to be Henry's girlfriend. Yeah, so I got my girlfriend, uh, I just recorded her looking at some of the kits that are being used in MLS this season, and she gave her initial response to them. She didn't know New England was a place. Yeah, well, I've not let her forget that since I've mentioned it. She is educated now, she knows about New England, she knows about the New England Revolution. Uh, So here's what she's had to say on some more kits being used this season. MLS UK Show, with Elliot Holman and Henry Hewitt. Here's the Philadelphia Union. There's a snake. This is a team that Taylor Swift followers should follow. This is their new home shirt. That is so gross. I liked them for a second because they had a snake. Who the hell's Bimbo? Are they sponsored by the Playboy Mansion or something? (laughs) And I mean, thank God all footballers are skinny because we all know what horizontal lines do to you. If you was a Philadelphia Union player, mm-hmm. you wouldn't like turning up to work to play in that. I would want to be a girly because, I mean, surely the girlies kit's better than that. Portland Timbers. Now, the Portland Timbers, every time they score, they have a big log behind the goal and they have some guy with a chainsaw who, who cuts a bit of it off. I love that. Whenever I hear Timber, though, I just think of the song. Oh, the Kesha song. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so this is uh, what what the MLS website says. This is a nod to the club's past. Yeah, it's all right. I mean, I'm guessing the green's like for the trees. Yeah, so this is the white kit with the green uh, Adidas stripes. It actually has the on the inside, it has the, a chant lyrics. So would you like to read those out? We'll sing for you timbers till you finish the fight. I like that. Now we're going to Real Salt Lake. I mean, I instantly don't like Salt Lake because one's tried to fly to Salt Lake City to go snowboarding and they cancelled the flight because there was too much snow. Well, can they make up with it uh, for their new home shirt? They don't really do a very good job in the advert for it. But what you can see there, what do you think? It's red. With blue sleeves. What do you think of blue sleeves? I feel like it looks like they've run out of material. And just gone, oh, we'll just sew that on and nobody will notice. So you're not a fan of Royal Salt Lake's shirt? No, it's red. And plus, like, what's that neckline about? This is the goalkeeper's top. What do you think of that? I love that. And I feel like I'm, like, eating my words because it's still red. But I love that it's not, it's like tiger stripe. No, it's like a keyboard on his shirt. Like, there's, like, the black keys and then, like, the white keys. Like, I like that the... There's, like, bigger bits. I love that, actually. So is the goalkeeper shirt made up for the home shirt? Yeah, it's brought their rating up to a seven. The San Jose Earthquakes. Do they make the ground shake? Um, Some of their performances, you'd say, no, they don't. (laughs) Uh, This is their new away kit for this season. Love it. Love it. 
I love the texture of it. I love that the zigzags really goes with the Earthquakes theme. I love that blue. It's not a dirty blue. It's like a, a good, a good strong blue colour. I love that it's not just a clean white and it's got the those like texture lines running down it. I love that. Is this up there with your favourite then? Uh, this is number three. Right, now these Seattle Sounders, these are green, so you might like this one. Uh, this is their new home shirt. Let's just all take a second just to think about what colour the pitch is that they play on. Yeah, I guess if if they get fouled, you might end up walking on them. It's like going skiing in a white jacket. You're just going to blend it? Like, why would you want... And the texture of it looks like grass. You literally would look like grass. Well, on the back there, it says, you will hear us. Are you saying, well, you've got to hear them because you can't see them? Well, you definitely won't be able to see them. And then, why the hell would you pair it with those blue shorts? Oh, what were you thinking, Seattle? And and Seattle's one of my favourite places as well, because isn't that where Twilight's from? I, I don't have a clue. I'll take your word on that one. Uh, right, two more to go. So this is Toronto. They're the reigning MLS Cup champions. Uh, do you think they've got a chance of retaining their title wearing this? This is their new away kit. It looks like 10 years ago they had a white kit. It's kind of grey, isn't it, really? Yeah. Silver grey. Looks like you've washed that with a black sock. Finally, Vancouver Whitecaps. Okay, so uh, Vancouver... They start their season against Montreal, which is a bit of a Canadian grudge match. So this is their new jersey for the season. Let's all just think about the swear word that you think of whenever <laughs> you see the word bell. <laughs> yeah, and it's it, so big. It's so big in the middle of the shirt. Well, I get. Yeah, I guess if if it was in England, I don't think the uh, I don't think the players <laughs> would wear shirts with bell written on them. I mean, I'd hate to be stood on the end. Just think, right, so Vancouver go into the changing rooms. They think, right, first game in the season, and you see that hung up on the wall. Would it inspire you? Yeah, I actually kind of want one. I'm not saying it's my favourite, because it's not, but it's the one I'd most want to wear. So you're saying you'd most like to wear the Vancouver Whitecaps uh, sort of, what colour is that, like a a dark grey shirt? But your favourite is the Columbus, the, the Columbus Crew away kit, which because it's a gloss, it's like glossy. So you're happy with your choice to support the Columbus Crew this season? Yeah, hell yeah. MLS UK show with Elliot Holman and Henry Hewitt. Oh, it's, it annoys me that it, it makes me laugh. It does make me laugh because uh, she's just. She's someone who doesn't like soccer, so it doesn't matter the kits to her. She do, she looks at it from a difference. You know, like we'll look at uh, traditions of teams, and like what she said about Seattle. Seattle wear green, but she's like, well, why would you wear green? Because it's in the same. It's the same color as the pitch. Which we saw the the pitch at the weekend. Maybe that's why Seattle have some weird darker grass. She's very fashion conscious. Yeah, and actually. Seattle can't just not play in green. I don't know how well that would go down. <laughs> um, yeah, imagine uh, Adidas at the start of the season. Right, guys, we want to do, uh, uh, we want to do green. Um, we've had a change of heart, really, on this one. The players were blending in with the pitch. So can we play in a nice uh, sort of uh, pink satin number for the new season? Just for Poppy. Yeah, just for Poppy. Um, shall we do fantasy? Let's do it. The MLS UK Show. So on last week's episode, we chose our MLS fantasy teams. I was quietly confident. I went with my usual approach of having absolutely nothing on the bench. Players I've never even heard of on the bench. Just the cheapest ones I can find. So I can pack out my starting eleven. I feel like I got off to a decent start. How about you? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> you don't sound convinced. No, because I look at you getting 54 points and me getting 49 and think, mm, I'd, I'd like to be top of the league. But 49 is not bad. Uh, Bendick, of course, got me eight points with his penalty save. And then Blanco scored, Kamara scored. So I, I did get some decent points. Um, although I need, I do need to uh, call out Gonzalez Perez. Mm. He got me minus one this week. So He was dreadful. Yeah, I, I've... 
Apparently he was injured, but, you know. He went off injured, and they just played so much better without him. I think he could be the first trade-out. Mm, yeah. Uh, well, I've got Moutinho on the bench. You got me eight points, so I, I was annoying. But um, I think I might be subbing Moutinho on for uh, Gonzalez Perez. Mm. Um, I had Bendik in goal. Got me eight points. Penalty save. Conceded one. Um Quite poor in defence, I won't lie, because I had Seattle, Torres. I had SKC, who lost Apara. Gonzalez Perez for Atlanta, minus one. Yep. And Morrow, Toronto, also lost. So uh, apologies to anybody who supports Toronto, Atlanta, Sporting KC or Seattle. You lost because I put your players in my defence, basically. Um, much better up top, though. As I said earlier in the uh, in the podcast... I had Sasha question. Just I wanted to get him there and I wanted to see what I could afford with him there. Um obviously he's suspended. So I brought in Higuain from Columbus. Twelve points. He saved it for me. Um Justin Miram as well had a great game for Orlando, six points. Almiron, not so much. Missed penalty. Thanks for that. Uh, and up top, David Villa, captain, fourteen points, and Kai Kamara bagged on his debut for Whitecaps. You know, I was really, I was, re- I was really happy for Kai Kamara, and I know you was as well. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, his his new start for him, and I was really happy that he scored. But I had the other Kamara, I had Ola Kamara, so he got me eight points, so I was happy with that. I found that I was watching the games just only caring about my fantasy team, which actually in a few weeks' time will be completely different because I'll forget. Yeah. I'll be so far behind. You'll be about forty points ahead already, and I'll just think, Ugh, no point now. Um, but. A decent start. I'm looking forward to getting Kleshton back in next couple of weeks. Uh, if you look on our Twitter right now, I, I've posted the the invite link to join our league. We've got an MLS UK show link. Uh, so if you want to, you know, come and beat the big boys, it won't be hard. Uh, come and join our league, MLS UK show. Uh, you can find the link at MLS UK show on Twitter. This week in MLS. I'm excited. Week two. I'm looking forward to this. And do you know what? I was thinking when I was looking at some of the games that are happening this weekend, there's a few stories that have that have started already, whether it's Galaxy and the resurgence, whether it's Zardes at his new club, Ola Kamara got his first goal for Galaxy as well. It's kind of sink or swim. If you've lost your first game, this is where you recover. If you've started to score like Zardes, this is where you keep that trend, the upwards trend going. Week two is actually... Not so much of a of an anticlimax as you might think after the big return last week. Right, game on now. Week two, let's smash it. Columbus Crew versus Montreal Impact. Columbus first game again. Um, they had a great start last week. They beat Toronto two 0 as we've already talked about. The key for me, as I've said, is Zardes rediscovering some form. Excellent start last week. Great finish. Good composure. He played well last weekend. This week is just as important. He needs to build on it. Pedro Santos, Higuain, Martinez, they can all create for him. They might be just fine without Justin Miram if those four can somehow make it happen. Last week really impressed me. I, I did have my doubts about them. I've discussed that. But last week really impressed me. Now, this week, this is a big game for them just because Montreal, new manager, they lost last week. Poor start. Yeah, it's it's they're now going to Columbus and it's like, right, the you know, you're going to be two defeats, you know, zero and two now. So Columbus are favourites. How can we deal with that? Can they go and, and blow Montreal away? We'll have to wait and see. Do you remember last week when I voiced my concerns over Remy Gard being Montreal manager and you were like, nah, he'll be fine. He's he's a good manager and the Aston Villa thing did affect his stock a bit, but after seeing him last week... I don't know, I'm, I'm going to us. You shouldn't judge a team after one game, but I am worried for them because I don't think they're going to beat Columbus. I I brought up the, the Aston Villa thing. Remy Gard had a terrible time at Aston Villa. Results weren't going his way and it just seemed to get worse and worse and worse and worse. This is what they need, a big performance. I know it's week two and I don't want to like be dramatic, but as a fan, if you're a Montreal fan and you're thinking, oh, I don't know what this guy's going to be like, you need to see a big performance. You've lost at home. Yep. This is where you need to go and show some character. I know it's week two, but fans are sceptical. They are, and you look at the next games after this one. They've got Toronto at home, Seattle away. 
It's, it's not getting <laughs> any easier for them. So if they lose uh, this weekend, Toronto, uh, they're a wounded animal at the moment. They're not playing this weekend. So this is their next game. And it's like they're going to want to get points on the board. Seattle, the same. It's, it's not looking good. But, you know, I, I do think Remy Gard will do all right this season. So it wouldn't surprise me if they went to Columbus and won. But they need they need to get some points because the games don't get any easier. Columbus crew victory. Yeah, I'm going to go the same. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go two one Columbus. Okay, New England versus Colorado. Now, New England, Brad Friedland charge first game was well, it's poor. Two two men sent off, lost two nil. Where do you go from there? Yeah, it's difficult for them. I mean, can I just say welcome Colorado to the uh, the season? Welcome, yeah, welcome week along. Two. Uh, New England Revolution. No, it was disappointing last week for them. Philadelphia, they they made some decent signings. They were you know, but I did think they were there for the taking. Maybe it didn't happen. And now New England, I guess they need they're in the same position as Montreal. They need to beat Colorado. But we said on the podcast last week the the stuff with uh, Lee Gwynn, the the Brad Friedel's freshman season. You know, it's I don't know. It's, it's going to be difficult for them. He's got a big job on his hands there to sort because they they did not end last season very well. We all look at the Atlanta result um, from last season. They need to to get some wins. They need to get on the board. After this, they've got New York City at home. They've got Houston away. Then Montreal at home. So there are opportunities to get more points. If they don't get it against Colorado, but they will be looking to get on the board. They need this home victory, but Colorado, they've been they've been doing all right. You know, nice of you to join us, by the way, Colorado. Thanks, thanks for coming. Uh, new manager Anthony Hudson. He described interestingly their their Champions League games against Toronto as preseason. Well, that says everything about what they thought. Uh, how they thought they were going to do in the Champions League. I mean, a nil nil draw at BMO Field against Toronto. They take they take that. That's a good result for Colorado. Um, they added three players from the championship, which we should talk about yeah. as as MLS UK show. We should talk about this. Um, Tommy Smith, as a Norwich City fan, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, Colorado fans. You you shouldn't have to go through that. That's yeah. You know, after a poor season last year, it's not fair for you to just go and sign Tommy Smith just because he's from Ipswich. Um, you know that's that's poor. Apparently he used to be good at football, but I don't I don't ever remember that. How many games have you played professional football? Well, you know, Tommy Smith. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we'll we'll keep an eye on that one. Even you're not that impressed. No, it doesn't it doesn't scream ambition to me that. No. Uh Joe Mason on loan, not getting in the in the Wolverhampton side because they've spent millions and millions and millions and yeah. they're running away with the league. They're so far ahead. Um they're basically in the Premier League already. Um and also from Wolves, Jack Price. Now he played nearly a hundred games for them over like what, seven seven, eight years? these three aren't big championship names, but I don't think that there's any big names in the championship currently that would consider a move to MLS. You're only a, a good half a season away from the Premier League, if you're one of those top players in in the Championship, you've always got that potential of, of moving to the Premier League. These guys are kind of not near that. Just looking at Joe Mason, he has been... He's one of them players in the Championship that has seemed to have been at every club. He was on loan at my club, Bolton, for, for six months. He, he actually scored a hat-trick. He, we beat Rotherham 3-2 and he scored a hat-trick. I think he's the last Bolton player to have scored a hat-trick. It's against Rotherham, though. And it was in, like... 2013 maybe so that says everything about Bolton but Joe Mason he can get goals whether he can do it in the MLS I, I don't know but you know it's not a marquee signing it's I'm not, not a big spend is it no I'm not saying that clubs should be out there to get that marquee signing because I mean just look at Paul Pogba at Man United he's not mm. exactly doing that well but still you Joe Mason to me is just another Kevin Doyle that's all I've got to say about that. Yeah. Uh, I want to see a much better season from Colorado. I'm not entirely sure where that's going to come from, though. Um, a lot of teams have strengthened really, really well. And Colorado, bottom of the pile last season. I don't know what they've added that's going to change that. But I, I hope I'm wrong because I like to see it mixed up a little bit. But uh, good luck to Colorado. Real Salt Lake versus LAFC. Now, this is a game I'm really looking forward to. I said on the podcast last week, I'm keeping my eye on RSL this uh, this season, I've mentioned a few times already on this podcast, and one-one is probably what they did against FC Dallas. Is probably the sums up RSL. With that team in the middle, 
that score and concede. LAFC, right, okay, great win last week, first game of the season. However, we've seen in in leagues all over the world, teams who have been promoted or their first season or whatever, starting really, really well. What can you do the second week and then the third week and then the fourth week? LAFC, as we've discussed, they've got five away games to start the season. Done one, won it, great start. Now, what can you do in the second week? If you beat Seattle, though, this is winnable. It is winnable, yeah, but I, it's it's kind of like second week is, you know, it's like, right, that's they need to forget about that Seattle match now. Mm. Move on. Next week, how can we do against RSL? I agree. I mean, RSL really unlucky in their first game. Obviously took the lead. Platter scored. The goalkeeper, fair play to Nick Romando, right? He's kept Dallas out of that game for so long and then so, so unlucky with the own goal. Obviously mm. evened it up right at the end. But how do you face this LAFC side now? You've seen them play, which is more than Seattle had done. So you've got one game to scout on. Yeah. Do you just try and keep tight on, on Vela? Do you stop him from, from feeding in Diego Rossi? Do you stop the runs from Latif Blessing? Or are they now going to go and do something completely different? We don't know. But I mean, I'm intrigued. Yeah, and you called me out on it last week, but I said Bob Bradley was a good manager and he, he showed it so far. So uh, let's see if he, what he can do this week. Also, um, here's what I said about LAFC's chances on last week's podcast. Can they make the playoffs? I don't think they can. I think for LAFC, forget what Atlanta did last season. That was a freak. Was it? No, I think LAFC are going to do better. Because they're top of the league. Yeah. <laughs> Technically. Um, yeah. Well, it's going to be an interesting one to watch that. Um, Houston Dynamo versus Vancouver Whitecaps. Were Houston amazing? Were Atlanta terrible? I think we're about to find out. Well, when we spoke to Jonathan before, he kind of... He said, give credit to Houston. However, Atlanta were poor, and I agree with him. Atlanta, I said before, you watch the highlights, all Atlanta did was give the ball to Houston, and they did, but they took the chances. They had four different goal scorers. They took the chances. Fair play to them because their chances were there. They've scored, and they can show that they, they can put the ball in the net. However, with Kai Kamara up front, so can Vancouver. I'm expecting mm. goals in this one. Two teams won the first games. I think the, the both teams would like to get that second win, but the shackles will be off a bit. They'll think, right, got the first win. Let's see what we can do now. It wouldn't surprise me if this is a high-scoring game, but it's hard to call. I'm going to go 3-2 Houston. Um, hi to Ryan, who replied to one of my tweets about Kai Kamara before the game last weekend. He was like, oh, yeah, because Kai Kamara was so consistent last year, wasn't he? Um, he scored about an hour later, which pleased me. I said he seems to be settling in okay. He's a handful. He'll be a totally different challenge for Senderos, Demarcus Beasley. They're going to be dealing with big, big Kai Kamara as opposed to quick Martinez, quick Almiron. It's a different challenge for them, so I'm interested to see how they get on. Yeah. Chicago Fire versus Sporting Kansas City. Welcome to the league, Chicago Fire. Welcome back. We'll see where Chicago are at because this is the first game. Mihailovic and Michael Deleu both out after ACL surgery. This is going to be crucial. Um, They've got no Jonathan Campbell because he's out with a fracture to the face, which sounds really painful. Um, And you've got to just be interested to see how the how the new signings are going to fit in. They've they've got this um, this Serbian Alexander Katai. He comes from Deportivo Alaves, and he's starting on the wing. He's got to start. Um, Also from Whitecaps, they've got Tony Chani could also start in midfield these are the kind of things that you know everyone else we've seen week one they've, we've seen what they've got to offer Chicago this is their kind of unknown quantity Chicago have got four home games in their first five games that's going to be big for them uh, Chicago obviously got in the playoffs last season if they want to do it again then you know they've got to be taking points from the home games and so if a good start is is vital for them you look at SKC, though, they'll be really, really disappointed about the result last weekend. NYC played well. They deserved the win, in my opinion. But SKC, they'll be hugely disappointed. The fans will be as well. So this is a big game for them. They Just like Montreal, just like the other teams that we've mentioned, they don't want to be going 0-2 for two after two games. 
This has the makeup to be a really fascinating game. However, sorry SKC fans, I think Chicago Fire home game. I think they'll nick it, but I do think it'll be close. I think uh, again, I think it'll be two one. New York Red Bulls versus Portland Timbers, and welcome New York Red Bulls Yay! to MLS. Nice of you to show up. Uh, the Red Bulls, great win in the week. Uh, are really impressive, actually. Of the results in the week, I know it was um, Seattle and Toronto, two good results in the Champions League, but they were at home. Red Bulls winning away, fantastic. BWP on form. But they have got that return leg on, on Tuesday night. This is what I was going to say. Is that They've got their eyes on that. They We mentioned Toronto wanting to win the Champions League. New York Red Bulls, you know, it's a big... If they can get in the semi-finals... They're not going to just go, oh, Toronto, you have that. We're going to concentrate on the league. So that's a a big... It's on the horizon, and that could distract them. No, Sasha, question. We all know what a huge loss this is. It's such an obvious thing to say, but they need a big replacement. Uh, It's come in the form of Kaku. So, question replaces Kaka, and Kaku replaces question. Got it? Yeah, got Is that it. right? I don't even know if I got it right. Um, he's an Argentinian midfielder, big, big designated player contract, and all eyes are going to be on him. He's just trying to fit into those rather large shoes that he's got to fill. Exactly. Portland, though, they'll be disappointed with the result last week, right? won't they? I predicted that LA Galaxy win, and it wasn't anything against Portland. I just felt like Galaxy had to come out and make a statement. Um, but Portland conceded twice in, in two minutes against LA Galaxy. As a new manager... That's not what you want to see. No. Darren Mattox had a had a decent debut for, for DC. They could have done with Mattox, Portland. They they lacked up front. Chara is 50-50 for this game. He was a big miss last weekend as well. Portland will Portland could challenge this year, but they need they need to get it together. They need to do it early on. And especially when you've got a new manager as well. You've lost players, you've brought players in. New manager, it needs to start clicking and Away at New York City, uh, New York Red Bulls is is not a not an easy place to go and get a result. It's not no. So I mean, I do worry for Portland, but you look at the next few games for them. I you need to you need to get that win on the board, Portland, because obviously they're doing it at the stadium. They've got a load of away games at the start of the season. They've got after this, they've got FC Dallas, they've got Chicago, they've got Orlando. Then they play Minnesota and New York City at home. You don't want to be having a losing run sort of snowball. You don't want to start the season with a few defeats because whereas some other teams, they can look and think, well, at least we've got a home game coming up. Portland don't have that for a few weeks, so they need to get points on the board and uh, quite soonish. Mm. Orlando City versus Minnesota United. There's only one winner in my eyes just because Minnesota, they did well. They were 3-0 down, they got it back to 3-2 but they still lost. We said last week on the podcast that we do worry for Minnesota, and I still do. It's just, I don't think the signings have been there. I really don't. And I, the, they did all right at the end of last season, but they didn't. it was the first season, so nothing much was expected. This season, I do worry for them. Orlando played well last week without some of the big players. Dwyer weren't there. Uh, Classroom weren't there. We're still waiting for, for him to start, but I think they've got enough to win. Adrian Heath goes back to his old club as well. A lack of character, maybe a lack of quality at the back. As we say, they've not signed, they've not made any particularly strong sign-ins. I am going Orlando, Orlando win. I'd be disappointed if Orlando don't win this. I think you'll be fine. Right, next. Mm. I've already given my prediction for this. I said Atlanta win 5-4 because the defence is poor and the attack's great. Uh, but Atlanta need a win in this one. Let's just forget what happened last week. It was a, a result, but hope, hopefully at the end of the season, you'll look back on and think, oh, God, remember when Atlanta lost 4-0 on the first game of the season? DC are better than they were last season, though. It's going to be tough. It's My good. concern for DC here is if they try and do what they did against Orlando and sit back, try to just keep the score down, try to defend, maybe nick a winner on a counter-attack, Atlanta are going to have far, far, far too much for them. So yeah. much power going forward. DC need to get on the attack and they need to take the game to Atlanta. It's not a natural thing to do when you're the away side, but we've seen they're vulnerable at the back. Sitting sitting back and hoping for the best is not going to work against Atlanta. They've got too much going forward from Nagby to Almoron to Martinez to Vialba. There's so much going forward. It's petrifying. 
you've got to get yourself up there. You've got to cause some problems early on, get them on the back foot. I do think Atlanta have got this. Uh, final game, NYCFC versus LA Galaxy. This is a great little fixture to round off the weekend. This is the game I've been looking forward to uh, for this weekend. Both sides, they got the wins at the weekend. And NYC, I think, are going to have a good season again. There's enough there for me that could... But I think they're potentially, after Atlanta's bad start, I've kind of just sort of pushed Atlanta a little bit away from my <laughs> prediction that they'll uh, they'll trouble Toronto. I think NYC will will do that. LA Galaxy, they needed that win. They've got the win. They'll be looking for a hit some form. This is really intriguing. It's a mouth-watering game. I, I can't call this one. I really can't. I'm going, I would go NYC just because they're at home. Is the Galaxy resurgence actually a thing or is it going to die on its backside this weekend? We'll find out. NYC via yet to score. It's got. I mean, you can't go two weeks without a via goal, surely. <laughs> That's not normal. That's not going to happen. I agree with you. I think he's going to bag it, but I I don't know. I really don't know how to call this one. 2-2. Two, like, two. You're going 2-2. Two, two. Well, I'm going NYC just because they're at home. Okay. Um, right. Thank you very much for listening once again. And thank you if you're one of those wonderful people that has sent us really nice messages. I have to admit, I kind of expected a bit of abuse on Twitter. I'd, like, we've never done this before. And so I expected people to be a little bit unkind or... Um, you know, Twitter's a little bit of abuse because of our ridiculous beliefs and opinions, but actually everybody's been amazing. So thank you if you've tweeted us at MLS UK show. Um, thank you. We've read all of them. We've responded. I've tried to respond to loads and loads of people. I know you were away, Henry. Um, but thank you so much for listening once again. Uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully, talking about another Atlanta United hammering. No. <laughs> uh, get involved at MLS UK show on Twitter and we'll catch you next week. See ya. Sports Social Podcast Network.